Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Episode 58. Uh, so we read Pride of Baghdad by uh, Brian K. Vaughn. Brian Kurt Vaughn, I get. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I forgot the artist, but they were very good. Yes. I enjoyed the art immensely. And first impression was, oh, hey, Lion King. Yeah. Uh, but not in, it's in a concrete jungle. Yes. Instead of the actual jungle. And lions don't live in jungles. That, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> there was a part in Lion King where a lion was in a jungle, though, wasn't he? Is it a jungle or, like, an oasis? Are there know. jungles in, like... Well, yes, there are jungles in Africa. Yes. But, like, where lions are, are there jungles? No, it's like... It's like... Savannas and... Right. It's like shit. grasslands. Right, yeah. So I assume, like, in Lion King, that was, like, an oasis. It wasn't a real jungle, what right? What he was hanging out with, with, uh... Timon? Fucking Timon and Pumbaa. Right. Like, that was more than an oasis. It was pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> right off uh, the rip. Yep. <laughs> it's a Vertigo book. Um, I'm, I'm kind of stuck on this Lion King thing, though. Because, like, how the lines were drawn, it, was, it looked exactly like the Lion King. Yeah, it Even, did. like, the villain lion. Yeah. Looked like Scar. <laughs> I was like, I was, wait, what? <laughs> it's it's true. Yeah, it's like, because cause, uh, the, the main uh, lead male lion figure, mm-hmm. Zill, mm-hmm. I think was the name. He had, like, you know, uh, golden mane and, you know, um, had a buff looking, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the the uh, the unnamed uh, villain lion, black mane, orangish fur, uh, darker looking, mm-hmm. and that's exactly how Scar was. Yeah. And then the little one I, I, looked like a baby lion, which immediately looks like Simba. Yeah. I, I I don't know if you did, but in my head, I read baby lion lines as like like a child. Yeah. I read it in a child's voice. But. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think part of that it's just the the art mm-hmm. makes it very easy to you know just give these uh, these animals voices. I it, I agree. I was annoyed that they depicted most of the animals speaking and their mouths were closed. Yeah. The only time that they weren't closed was like when they were aggressive, like fighting chompy chomp. Right. And yelling. Right. But but they were they would speak with a closed mouth and that was frustrating. I was like I know and it's not like human mouths where we do like weird woo woo wee with our lips. <laughs> right. But at least just open it a little bit. Like, do a Terrence and Philip like <laughs> do that. Maybe maybe like in this world, uh, maybe in this world, the the animals communicate via snorts. Could be. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Except for when they're yelling. Right. To get it out. 
Oh yeah, because yeah, little pent up rage. You gotta get yeah, get loud. You, yeah. you can only snort so loud, right? I, I bet elephants can snort really loud though. Oh, it's it would be trumpeting. <laughs> um, story wise, it's it's I thought it was really neat because apparently it's like this story Brian K. Vaughn I guess cooked up based on this real story of four lions getting shot in Baghdad. Yeah. After the U.S. invasion. Yep. I thought it's 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 pretty neat. Well, it it had almost like three different stories contained within it. Like mm-hmm. you had your overarching uh, military commentary, right? Mm-hmm. And then you had the Lion King esque pecking order. Uh, story, mm-hmm. and then you also had the story of civilization and freedom, prison and freedom. Right. So it's kind of all three of those meshed into one story. Right. So that was pretty neat. Some of the writing was a bit shitty. <laughs> it's not the right word, but I'm gonna go with it. Yeah. It just, I don't know. Was it what the animals were saying? Yes. Okay. Because, I mean, like, for me, I, I did notice, like, this weird disconnect between animals and their actual behavior, mm-hmm. right? Is that what you're referring yeah. to? Yeah, and, and especially later on in the book with the bear, when the bear was speaking, mm-hmm. it just didn't feel like what that bear would say in that moment. Right. With what was happening. Mm-hmm. Was just, mm, you didn't really get into bear character very well did you <laughs> i noticed it it first popped up for me when you know the lion was making a deal with the antelope yeah i was like mm, no nope. like i i don't think that's you know that's how things will shake out no definitely not granted that did circle back later mm-hmm. but still no they would have totally went after that antelope yeah 100 percent. it's yeah, it's just kind of, you know, picking and choosing when the animals behave as animals versus when they suddenly become more anthropomorphic. Yeah. Well, that was... I had a couple, I guess, complaints about that in two instances. One is there there was a few times where animals would say, my people or your people... You're animals. You're not people. Don't you should not have written those. It's like yeah. my species, species or my my own or your own. Mm-hmm. Like you're not people. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was an oversight, I think, yeah. in the writing and editing, and they just didn't didn't bother them as much right. as it bothered me. And then the other was I wish there was a more coherent through line of either being being more naive to what human the quote-unquote human world is Mm -hmm. or being fully on board because it kind of fluctuated throughout yeah there'd be sometimes where they're animalistic and didn't couldn't relate to the human world or understand it Mm -hmm. it's like oh we're gonna climb this mountain and it was just rubble that was blown up and it was hot on my feet right but then they also understood like the keepers were feeding them and it, yeah, this is weird stuff. Yeah, pick, happening. pick pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred if they were more naive to humans mm-hmm. and the human world. Right. And and 
there I can't remember exactly. They made up some shit to kind of answer what some of the humans were doing. Mm-hmm. I, oh, it was with the tanks. The tanks were rolling through. Okay, and yeah. they kind of made up their own. Like those beasts are massive. There's no way they're going to be hunted down or yeah, something yeah. like that. Make up your own. Like make the lions make up their own kind of story of what human existence is. Mm-hmm. If they would have stuck with that, I think I would have enjoyed the book more. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely got issues, but it's also a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's short, sweet, and ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> Um, one more thing I do want to bring up is, uh, so before, uh, they escape, right before, uh, the, the keepers threw, threw in a, a skinned donkey. Yes. Yes. And the thing is, if I recall correctly, the whole thing was skinned except for like the neck and head. Yes. And that just like really weirded me out. I was like, one, why did you skin it first? Yeah, I don't... Why did you finish skinning it? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I I saw that and thought very similar things. My conclusion was they were skinning it for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and then they saw the planes coming that were dropping the bomb, and then they're like, fuck it, we're done, check it in there. <laughs> why they took the time to do that when the bomb was dropping, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. But yeah, it was not a fully skinned ass as they call it <laughs> yeah and why would you skin it to begin with why like i don't so i thought about it and it's ugh, i guarantee this is no basis in reality whatsoever but in my head it's like these keepers uh really care about these lions and they want to make sure they don't get hairballs yeah <laughs> that's that's what it is <laughs> yeah or the, the other thing i came up with was it's it's they think the skin is kind of like the butcher paper of <laughs> animals. So you know, just to be nice, you know, all right, we'll we'll unwrap it for you. <laughs> but they did it right after already feeding them. Yeah, it's like they fed them rabbits, right? And then immediately after, it's like we're gonna feed you again, and then ran away. Yep. So, so okay. And then the other thing is, is like in that very same scenes, how did they? How did Zill know that there's trouble when the uh, keepers leave after giving them food? Yeah. Because don't they always leave? Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's because they were running. Oh, because they were leaving fast. Yeah. Oh, something's arrived. <laughs> it wasn't at all the shadow of a bomb on the ground. <laughs> right. It was the keepers running. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a lot of problems if you want to nitpick, but it's still a really fun read. I So, going on that thread of being a fun read, did you find it fun how very sexualized they made some lions? <laughs> <laughs> More than once. Yeah. At least three times. <laughs> and then... The third, like, there was, like, a rapey lion scene. Yep. And then there was just presumably a consensual lion scene. And then there was one where a lioness got super horny because the lion dude was, like, assertive. Right. (laughs) And then they they wrote it in very, like... Yeah. Romanticized, (laughs) sexualized. Like, I understand 
the rape one because that's backstory that explains yes. the older uh, yes. Lioness's character. Other sexy time, eh, maybe scrap it for like more substance in other areas. Could be, yeah. I get that it could be seen as as part of a painting a picture of primal animals and being free, mm-hmm. right? Didn't add anything to the story at that particular moment. Right. <laughs> it was like, in fact, it, it's it felt like a haha. Look at what they're doing. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it was just super weird to me. I was like, okay, all right, then whatever. Right. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think you know if you find it cheap. Or whatever, you should read it. Yeah. Especially if you like seeing exploding giraffes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to pick it up and read it if you want to see an exploding giraffe. That's all I'm going to keep it at. That's why we read this book. Yeah. I saw that art. Oh, wait, really? On social media. (laughs) Just that page. I didn't know what the fuck it was from, so I did like a Google search, uh-huh. like image search. Oh, nice. And I was like, where are we going to read that then? <laughs> nice. We listened to Noel Meta Empiric? Metempiric? Yeah. Metempiric. Yes. That sounds about right. Empirical Meta. <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> I actually looked it up. I was like, is that a word that exists? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. But it Google, sounds cool. Google told me it's like it's meta empirical, huh? And I'm curious now if that's what they mean. It's, I mean, I don't I don't know what that actually means. Me either. Just <laughs> like empirical is like factual, right? Right. So I mean, is it talking about talking about epistemology, like how we know? I don't know that. X is real? I don't know. We should ask Noel. Okay. <laughs> Noel with a K, not a G. Yes. So not goblins. Canole. Canoli. <laughs> Holy cannoli. <laughs> uh, they're great. Yeah. It's with horns. Yeah. In, in fact, it, it, uh, when, when the horns came, I was like, oh, okay, so grind plus imperial. Yeah, a little bit. Metempiric, and that's what... Yep, there, there, there it is. is. They really loved Imperial Triumphant. Yep. And wanted to do a grind version. Yeah. Uh, nope, lost it. Sweet. <laughs> so, historically for me, genre, the, the grindcore genre, not including like Death Grind or whatever, but grindcore itself, mm-hmm. it's always been too... Very specific avenues. Avenue one is straightforward, just aggression, aggression, simple riffs, but really catchy and fast songs, right? Mm-hmm. Route two is really super spastic shit that's just all over the goddamn place. Mm-hmm. This one felt like the first one mm-hmm. with riffs of the second one. Mm-hmm. It's like they... <laughs> So they took these really spastic weirdo riffs mm-hmm. and then formatted them into a pretty straightforward sounding song most of the time mm-hmm. until horns come in. And, right. then, and it's like, I don't think they came in until song two or three. I was like, oh, there's horns. It sounds like horns. 
And then I really focused a couple times. Like, it is horns. Mm-hmm. And then a couple songs later, the horns sounded like elephants. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> There's a lot of really neat sounding like soundscapey stuff yeah. going on uh, outside of you know the proper songs as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that, it feels like half the album is like this weird soundscapey yeah noise well, and stuff. Especially like the best example of it's right at the end. Yeah. Because it's the album's done, but it's just doing soundscapey stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they uh, they did a good job with like I, I I mean yeah it's noise but it doesn't make me necessarily feel like I have to skip over it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It sounds cool. Yep. Well, there's um, other bands. Oh hell, not not the band All Hell, but me just saying All Hell while I'm trying to think, <laughs> and now I'm explaining that instead of thinking. <laughs> Nelt wrote. Yeah, I think does that, mm-hmm. especially maybe the earlier or later. I don't know. One of the periods had a lot more sound, mm-hmm. but Nelt wrote was the band that came to mind when listening to this, and. Maybe full of hell to an extent, because they do a lot of like grindy noise stuff too. Right. So, but this had less noise, mm-hmm. and like you were saying, their soundscapes were actually a soundscape, I guess, mm-hmm. instead of static. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, riff riff wise, like I think there's a lot of really neat riffs, and they do a good job, like uh, sw- switching between you know. Uh, Really simple sounding riffs and some pretty weird out there sounding stuff, mm-hmm. and making it work together. Yeah, I was really curious to see how you would feel about this. Yeah, because it's my understanding, in general, you you're largely apathetic to grindcore mm-hmm. in general. You know, like whatever. But then hearing this, it's like, oh, this has a lot of. Peter riffs all over it. I'm curious <laughs> if he's how he's gonna feel about it. I definitely like this album. Yeah, never been a huge fan of you know, uh, pig squeal vocals. Yeah, but you know, in this context, it's whatever. Yeah, I'm not even listening to it anyway. Right, it's just more noise. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it's a fucking solid album. It was it was pretty good. Their logo doesn't make sense to me. Oh yeah, it's just leaves, right? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, it's just a bunch of leaves around the letters. I, I just remember seeing the black and white cover art, mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell where the logo is. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I remember. Gotcha. Maybe they changed it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and look. But I they had been... So I try to, in some capacity, keep an ear out for quote-unquote new bands or younger bands or whatever mm-hmm. to see what might become popular or whatever and i guess there was some level of buzz around this band so i was super curious mm-hmm. so i actually listened to this prior to even putting it on the list okay. and then i put it on the list like we should probably do this um and then i found out they got picked up by an agent who like reps much larger bands oh so when that happens that means usually the newer bands get put on larger band tours. Mm-hmm. And that was disheartening because that also means their price goes up. Yeah. 
<laughs> and that was a bummer. But they also came to Atlanta recently, yeah. and I completely skipped the show. <laughs> so I guess I don't care that much. So there's that. <laughs> Story time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I should have gone. Uh-huh. I think... What show was it? Uh, Null and other bands <laughs> at Bog Social and Supply. Okay. I'm pretty sure I had some stuff going on that I couldn't mm. get out of. Or mm-hmm. not, not even wanting to get out of, but, you know, occupied. Right. That's fair. Dingus and Dongus. They mock